Good deal. Well, welcome to Genesis. You guys, you guys feeling good so far? That was a great time of worship, right? It was awesome. How about Glacia up here in the uh, the Christmas shirt? <laughs> um, she was she was up here. It was I think it was last week singing Christmas music uh, like into the microphone already. I was like, God. <laughs> Are you guys like uh, like uh, when do you, when do you wait? Like how far do you wait to start listening to? Day after Thanksgiving. Do what? As soon as they put it on the radio. Which is after right after Thanksgiving, I think, right? Yeah. I'm a I'm a big after Thanksgiving kind of guy. Um, but that's just that's just me. But um, cool. Well, like I said, welcome to Genesis. My name is Mike, and at Genesis we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that when you walked in tonight that you felt comfortable and invited. And I also hope that you came with an open heart because we have prayed and prepared for you. And so we are glad that you're here. Tonight we are continuing our series, You Asked For It, and uh, where we are basically taking questions from you guys that you guys submitted last month, and we formed our October series around them. Last week was great. We answered the question of what is God's will for my life, which was, you know, that's a big question. And so tonight we're going to continue this series, and tonight's question is this. How do I know if I'm ready to date? How do I know if I'm ready to date? I can't tell if that was a collective like eye roll or like, oh, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be good, or I can't wait for this. I don't know. Uh, but we're gonna talk about it either way. So uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun one. Okay, this is gonna be a fun one. And I of course acknowledge, okay, that we have single people here, we have dating couples, and we also have married couples. Okay, so I'm gonna do my best to have this apply to everybody. Okay, so if you are married, you are still gonna get something out of this. Uh, so. Here we go, all right? Uh, we are relationally driven people. We, when it, we live in a relationally driven society. And, uh, and if you've lived long enough, you figured out that we do not live inside a romance movie and relationships do not operate like they do on The Bachelorette. Thank God, right? Um, so uh, three things you can always count on, right? Death, taxes, men and women not understanding each other, right? That's just the way that it is. My wife and I, we were friends before we dated, we had disagreements as friends. Then we started dating. We continued to have disagreements. And now we are married and we still have disagreements, okay? It's just kind of how it is. And so this is a, a topic that is on the mind, like I said, because of, because of our time of life, because of the society we're in, we're kind of, and the way that we're created, the way we, you know, we are. So uh, this is a big topic. And so relationships are difficult, no matter what stage you're in and no matter how ready you were before you got into the relationship. And so as you're navigating relationships as a young adult, it's important to know how to be as ready as you can be to pursue a romantic relationship with someone. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump into this. And like I said, we're going to have fun with this tonight. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you for that incredible time of worship. And God, I pray that as we continue in tonight, God, that you speak clearly to us from your word that... Uh, that everything we hear tonight, God, would, would sink into our soul. God, not go in one ear and out the other. It would be, be spoken directly to us from you, from your word. And I pray that you would have your way in here tonight. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen. Awesome. Well, if you would, turn to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth, okay? The story of Ruth takes place around the time of Judges in the Old Testament, on the Old Testament timeline. And so if you're looking for the book of Ruth, it's after Judges and before 1 Samuel, if you're looking for it. And 
The story of Ruth is an incredible story of heartbreak. It's a story of romance, and it's a story of redemption. And I love the book of Ruth. I love the story. It's an incredible story. It's also a little comical to me in spots. And so Ruth is four chapters long. We're going to cover it all tonight. But before you freak out, uh, we will not be here for an hour, I promise, okay? Just like we did with the story of Joseph a few weeks ago, I'm going to tell you most of the story or really tell you all the story, and we're going to hit scriptural highlights as we move through it. So, you guys ready? Okay, good. So, the story opens with a woman named Naomi. Can we all say that together? Naomi, right? Great. She had two sons, and they were married to Ruth and Orpah. Orpah, okay? So, Ruth and Orpah. And this family kind of had a string of unfortunate events, and it started with Naomi's husband passing away, okay? So Naomi's husband passed away. Ten years after that, Naomi's two sons also died, okay? The ones who were married to Ruth and Orpah. And so the three of them are left, right? Naomi, Ruth, Orpah. The three of them are widowed, and they were, it was, you know, they both, they had all lost the, the love of their lives. Well, Naomi had gotten older, and she decided that she was going to return back to her hometown, return back to where she was born to kind of spend her last years to live out the rest of her life. And she basically told Ruth and Orpah, hey, you know what, just go, you know, you have my permission, go start your own life, go, you know, go start a new life, go find a new husband, go start a new family, go do your thing. Well, neither of them were that crazy about that idea, but Orpah finally obliged, okay? So Orpah says, okay, that's cool. And at that point, We don't see her ever again, okay? So uh, Orpah's gone. But Ruth really just wasn't having it. She was like, no, I can't do that to you. She couldn't bear the thought of leaving Naomi. And this is what she says to Naomi. So this is Ruth 1, 15 to 18. It says this. And she said, this is Naomi talking to Ruth. She says, see, your sister-in-law, Orpah, has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. And so we see that Ruth was not going to leave Naomi no matter what. No matter how bad she may have wanted to go start uh, another relationship or pursue another a husband, to, no matter how bad she wanted to go start another family or no matter how bad she wanted to go live her own life, Ruth was secure in herself and was content in her current situation. And so that is our first sign tonight that you are ready to date, is when you are ready to date, when you are secure in yourself and your relationship with God despite a romantic partner. And when you're secure in yourself and your relationship with God, despite a romantic partner, or if you are married, being secure in yourself outside of your spouse. And I know, you know, if you're married, you know, your life is going to be entangled with your spouse heavily, right? That's probably going to be the closest person to you. But what I'm saying is, married or not, we cannot idolize a relationship or idolize our spouse as if that person is God. Knowing who you are in Christ is one of the main credentials of someone ready for a romantic relationship. When you find your identity in what the Lord says about you or what scripture says about you, instead of just you know, kind of walking around on that thin ice of other people's opinions or other people's feelings. Because if you find yourself idolizing or putting a person on a pedestal and the relationship ends or things end badly or you know, they let you down, you're, you're gonna be left with nothing to stand on, right? 
And that's why it's crucial to find your identity in Christ before entering a romantic relationship. And so we may need to take like a, a long look in the mirror, right? Not the physical mirror, but the spiritual mirror to, to assess where our, where our relationship with God stands, to see where our identity is found. Because if it's found in anything else other than Christ, it's gonna crumble. And if you're married, you know, like I said, this applies as well. Your spouse will, of course, be that closest person to you, but they're still not supposed to take God's place in your life. And so that first sign is when you are secure in yourself. Well, as the story continues, Ruth asks Naomi to, uh, or for permission to go gleaning in the fields. Excuse me. Gleaning was basically this, it was something that was put into place in the Old Testament. God put it into place. And it was something of, uh, it was something that people of low economic status did. And it, like I said, it was put into place in the Old Testament, put into place by God. And it was this rule that farmers had to intentionally leave crops after they, they harvested so that when poor people went by, they would have food to eat. They could take the crops that they left over. And so this is what Ruth is doing. She's taking the leftover crops from different fields. Well, she just so happened to stumble upon a field, upon the field of a guy named Boaz. Okay, can we all say Boaz together, right? Boaz, right? And Boaz is a big deal. Boaz is a big deal. Boaz is like People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year, Tim Tebow and Jacob Malley all wrapped up into one, okay? <laughs> he sees Ruth, and he's like, OMG, okay? Ruth sees Boaz, and she's like, OMG, and it is on from there. There's chemistry, there's a spark. Boaz looks over at his friend, and he says, who is that girl over there? And he's like, oh, Ruth? Yeah, yeah, she's been here all day. She asked if she could uh, glean from the field. She came back with Naomi, and she's been here like all day. And so Boaz goes up to Ruth, and this is their first interaction. He says, okay, well, here, here, Ruth, from now on, you don't have to worry about having enough food. You can glean here anytime you want. And I told all my boys here to leave you alone, so don't worry about them. And if you need anything to drink or whatever, you make yourself at home. And so she stayed out there until evening and stayed out there all day. And then evening comes, and Boaz tells her, hey, why don't you stay and have dinner with us? And, you know, with me and the rest of the people here. And she does. She has dinner with them. And, as, and after that, she's walking away into the sunset, arms full of wheat, heart full of love. Boaz looks at his hired male servants and he says, you let her take whatever, the, whatever she wants. Better yet, you start leaving more than you normally do for Ruth and don't give her any problems. Boaz, you smooth operator, right? So, here we see another sign that says if you are ready to date, but this time we see it from Boaz. In Boaz, we see incredible maturity, maturity. A man that was mature enough to see Ruth's need, to see, uh, or to see and respect the sacrifices that she made for Naomi to provide for her and to protect her. And so another sign that you are ready to date is maturity. And I know that may seem like an obvious one, but I want you to hear me out. You know you are ready to date when you are mature enough to handle a relationship. And in turn, that means mature enough to handle yourself, which is not always a given. And so, oh, here we go. So, I don't know who did that. Was that coded? Yeah, okay. So, just as I mentioned earlier about taking a look in the mirror, right? It might be time to take another look in the mirror, but not in the physical mirror, not in the spiritual mirror this time, but this time in the maturity mirror. You can start to ask yourself, 
am I able to lead myself? Am I able to provide for myself? Not the Lexus, but the basics, right? Am I taking steps towards godly manhood or godly womanhood? You know, not, not expecting overnight success, but am I taking steps? And I want to lean in on the guys here for a second. Guys, you probably knew this was coming. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. But here we go. And I, I know how guys, I am a guy, I'm a guy, so I know how we are. Okay, so I want to lean on the guys here for a second, and here we go. Hopefully you trust me enough to hear my love for you in this, okay? That first question is very significant for men. Am I able to lead myself? Because if you are one day expecting to lead your wife and one day expecting to lead your family, you need to first learn how to lead yourself. A lot of times we say, you know, we want to have a relationship or we want to find a mature, godly woman to date or maybe marry, but we aren't holding ourselves to that same standard. And I'm, I'm talking married and not married. You know, we, we say that we want to be leaders. We can't even get out of bed on time. We say that we want to be leaders. We can't even iron our shirts or cook breakfast. We say we want to be leaders. We can't manage our money or hold a conversation or take initiative at our job or at school. How can we expect to lead someone else if we can't lead ourselves? And I can assure you, marriage does not fix those problems. Anybody that's married here knows that. It magnifies those problems. It makes them worse. It's all fine and good to desire a relationship, to desire marriage, but in the meantime, get yourself together so that your future wife doesn't have to come in and help clean up the mess when y'all get married. And I hope that wasn't too harsh. I debated on keeping that in this, but I decided it was beneficial, and hey, you asked for it. So another sign you're ready to date is maturity. All right, as the story continues, this is going to get even, oof. As the story continues, Ruth gets home and tells Naomi all about her day. She's like, Naomi, I met somebody today. And she tells her about Boaz and how amazing he is and how good looking he is and the wheat that he gave her and the dinner that they shared. And Naomi basically says, she says, did you say that his name was Boaz? This is Ruth 2, 19 to 20. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, this man or the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And so Ruth tells Naomi about Boaz, and as it turns out, Naomi knows Boaz. And she doesn't just know him, they're related. Her and Boaz are related, and that was very significant for Ruth. And it was significant because in that time, remember how we said gleaning was a law that was put into place then? Well, there was another law, that it was the law of kinsmen redeemers. And in that time, like I said, they had something called a kinsman redeemer. And so in the situation where a woman was widowed, the next closest relative could, male relative could come in and marry the woman, the, the, the widow. And in our context today, you know, that seems a little strange, right? But in that day, women were, were, were so dependent on men that, you know, dependent on finances, food, shelter, etc. So that's why a kinsman redeemer would, would swoop in, marry the, the widow so that she wouldn't have to live a life of poverty. And the kinsman redeemer, he would, he would come in, he'd pay off the debts of the widow, and then they would get married. Well, as it turns out, Boaz is a close enough relative 
to be a kinsman redeemer for Ruth. And so Naomi tells Ruth, honey, no need to wait around. You need to go make your move. And she gives Ruth the craziest dating advice you've ever heard. And you thought my advice was crazy. Okay, this is what she says. She says to Ruth, okay, at nighttime, when it's dark, you need to go to Boaz's house. When it's completely dark, you need to go into his room while he is asleep. You need to get in his bed. You need to lay at the bottom of his bed at his feet, under the covers, and he will tell you what to do. Ruth replies, and she says, listen, I don't know how they did it back in your day, old lady. But that is super weird. I'm just going to like his picture on Instagram. No, she doesn't say that. Ruth hears Naomi's advice, and she's like, okay. Um, And that night, she did all of that, okay? So she's laying at the foot of his bed. It's pitch black. Boaz rolls over, feels a human at the bottom of his bed, and he's immediately terrified. Y'all need to go read this. This is all there. And he says, who are you? And Ruth says, it's me, Ruth. Will you be my kinsman redeemer? Will you go out with me? And Boaz tells her, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, I will. But there's one problem. He said, there is a relative closer to you than me. But if he won't be that person for you, I'll do it. And so could you imagine, you know, that for Ruth, right? They go the next day and they meet with this other guy who is the closer relative. And that had to be a weird experience, right? Ruth loves Boaz, but has to see if this other unknown, strange guy wants to marry her first. But nonetheless, they meet with him and they go through the proper channels. And before we end the story tonight, we'll see, we see in this the, the third sign that you're ready to date. You know you're ready to date when you're ready to go about the relationship the right way. You know you're ready to date when you're ready to go about the relationship the right way. When, when you decide before you even get into the relationship that you're going to go about it the right way. And when I say the right way, I mean fighting for purity. I mean staying in community. That's, that's one of the biggest ones. I see couples get together either. They, they start dating and they get married and they isolate themselves. And they go run off into God knows where and you never see them again. Isolation is poison. Staying in community is so important if you, when, you are, when, you, when you are ready to date and when you get into a relationship. Fighting for purity, staying in community, putting up boundaries, and putting past relationships behind you. Basically, uprooting any opportunity that the enemy has to destroy a relationship or a marriage. And so you know you're ready to date when you start to pursue a relationship with good intentions. And all this still applies to you if you're married, right? If you're married, you have to continue to fight for purity. You have to continue to stay in community. You have to put, also put past relationships behind you, even more so, right? You know you're ready to date when you're ready to go about the relationship the right way. As the story continues, the the closer relative had his reasons, and he was unable to be Ruth's kinsman redeemer. And so him and Boaz made an agreement, and then Boaz and Ruth got married. And that's a great end to the story, right? Happy ending. Um, It actually doesn't even end there. As As we've talked about before, you should always read the Old Testament through the lens of Christ. Well, Boaz and Ruth would end up having a son named Obed, who would then have a son named David, who along down the line would end up having Jesus. And so Jesus was in their family line. And so how else we see Jesus in this story will also show us our fourth and final sign that you are ready to date. 
And as we saw, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer of Ruth, someone who was able to swoop in to someone in need to protect, to provide, to then graft them into the family. And so just as Boaz welcomed Ruth as an outcast, Jesus has welcomed us in. And just as Boaz had to follow the law, Jesus followed the law. And just as Boaz paid the price to buy back Ruth's debt, Jesus paid the price for our debt of sin. And just as Boaz then had, to write the, had the right to marry Ruth, Jesus had the right to make us his bride, to make us part of his family. Our kinsman redeemer has come for us. And so the fourth sign that you are ready to date is that you don't look to somebody else to be your savior. The fourth sign is that you don't look for someone else to be your savior. Why? Because your savior has already come. Your Savior's already come. There's no sense looking around for or expecting someone to be perfect or looking for that perfect person because perfect people don't exist. The only perfect person that was perfect chose to lay down his life for the imperfect. And so don't aim to remove him from his throne by expecting another Savior wrapped in flesh to come rescue you. It's not gonna happen. It already did. So put your hope in him, not someone else who can't fill those shoes. And so in summary, four signs that you're ready to date that we can find in the book of Ruth. Being secure in who you are in Christ. Who are you without a relationship? Number two, being mature enough to handle it. Are you taking steps towards godly womanhood, godly manhood? Three, being willing to do things the right way. Asking yourself, what are my intentions? What am I willing to fight for? And the last one is not looking for someone else to be your savior. If you would, go ahead and stand with me. Hopefully this helps you tonight navigate the, the question of when you're ready to date and also maybe help your marriage if you're married. And I know this, this topic can be uh, kind of funny and maybe a little uncomfortable, but thank you for listening and kind of going with me on this. And, um, and I hope that, that God really spoke to you through the story of Ruth. Like I said, it's a, it's a great story and there's a lot of truth in Ruth. So um, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so let me, uh, let me pray and then I'll have some announcements for you. And then we got grocery bingo coming up after this. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for, uh, for tonight. God, I thank you again for that time of worship. I thank you again for speaking through the story of Ruth. I thank you for everything that we can learn from that story. And uh, God, I pray right now that, that whatever stage of relationship we're in, God, that we would not look for someone else to be our savior. God, that we would be secure in who we are in you. That we would start to work on our maturity to, to handle a relationship. And God, that we would be, be willing to go about things the right way, to fight for fight for purity, to fight for community. And, uh, and God, so I, again, I thank you for what you did on the cross, God, by, by being that perfect person, by, by being the, the standard, by doing what we couldn't do to set us free from our sin. And so, God, I thank you for grafting us into the family. And I pray, God, as we leave here tonight, as we go into something fun, whatever it may be that we do next, God, I pray that we walk out of here and we'd be empowered by your spirit and that we would be putting you number one and keeping you on your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. Awesome.